back up from what you think you know good. Back up from what you think you're so sure about and put that through the lens of liberation. Does this help us get free? Does this help me raise free people? Peace and love, y'all. I'm dropping two episodes this week because I just have more things to say. (laughs) The first thing is that I want to thank my newest patron over at patreon.com, Nakima. Thank you so much for pledging. Much appreciated and encouraging the rest of you to head over to patreon.com forward slash Akila, see the rewards that are in place and see whether you want to invest your time, energy, money into the growth of this movement around normalizing self-directed education and raising awareness, voices, connections, community for people of color specifically, people of color involved in self-directed education. I also, on this gratitude train, I wanted to thank those of you who participated in my first Raising Free People webinar. I didn't really promote it. I didn't promote it at all on the podcast because I, one, I felt weird about it. I didn't want it to feel like creepy and salesy because the Raising Free People webinars are the tip of the iceberg for Raising Free People workshop that I have launching in April. But I realized that that's just my own shit around feeling like salesy and weird, but it is very much an opportunity for us to get together and do this work around understanding our own privilege, understanding the trauma that we're dealing with and how those things intersect in parenting. So I want to thank those of you who participated in the first Raising Free People webinar. We had four countries and I think maybe 12 cities that were represented. That was really, really dope. We have more than a hundred people on that email list. So really, really excited about that. And Chris and I are slowly but surely just trying to understand how to be more in service, specifically around raising free people by sharing our experiences, sharing the insights that we've gained from all the other people that we are in community with who are of this similar mind that look. We know that we grew up oppressed and this is not a knock on like parents, our parents or whatever. We're talking about a whole system that our parents in many instances were victims of to some extent. And then also just were not present because they were busy trying to make sure we were eating and shit and just their own internalized forms of oppression like we have ourselves. So this is not about how our parents failed us, but how we, from this space that we're in now, realizing all of the ways that oppression is this multi-layered thing, and to see how we participate in our own oppression, and also in the oppression of children, our children in particular as black and brown folks, and what we can do about it. So that's what Raising Free People is about. And I just want to formally invite you to check out the space. The show notes page for this episode is akilasrichards.com forward slash RFP, like Raising Free People. And the link to checking out that workshop is going to be on that show notes page as well. So gratitude to all the folks who participated in the webinar, showed up. We're supposed to be on for 90 minutes. I think we ended up being on for almost three hours. (laughs) Most of us who could stay along for the three hours. I got so much from it. You all got so much from it because you hit reply when I followed up with an email and told me you did. A few of you enrolled in the Raising Free People workshop as well. Super, super dope. And I know that everybody on that got something that they can use 
to start to apply these principles of just being really aware of the ways that we can do something about all of this oppression and bullshit that we face as people of color, particularly in our efforts to not perpetuate that when it comes to our children, the children in our community, not just the ones that we birthed or adopted, but also the ones in our community. For those of us who are still educators in the system, oh my God, shout out to you. Hopefully we can change that so that you can channel that energy and effort and skill and talent into something that I think might actually work because the school system will not actually work. So um, that's the first thing, gratitude. The other reason that I wanted to talk to you today is because I want to talk about moving this work more IRL in real life. I get a lot of emails from people who are listening and loving the podcast. And I appreciate that the podcast is popping. Listenership is increasing. That's obviously wonderful. And I'm excited about that. But what is changing? What is this changing for you? That's what I want to know. I don't just, I feel like it isn't enough that it's causing you to feel a sense of community. I think it'll be enough when it's causing you to create and actively participate in expanding that community at a local level. And sometimes local level (laughs) is not feasible. Sometimes where you are, there may not be other people of color who are interested in this work. And so you have to create your community online. That's certainly where Chris and I started. That's cool. But at some point, We have to make sure that we can translate this work and translate these awakenings and these aha moments into things that are going to benefit our communities wherever we are, wherever we lay our heads. So I know, for example, Janida, who's been on the podcast before there in North Carolina, her and Tia, who's on an upcoming episode, they got together and Janida spearheaded this SDE-focused learning community, this self-directed education-focused learning community locally in Charlotte. That's what's up. That's what I'm talking about. And then I have women who are emailing me all the time and telling me that they're seeing things from a new perspective. I have, this is really interesting. A lot of white women in particular are reaching out to me saying, I didn't think about it this way, or I've been thinking about this, but I didn't know what I could do about it. Or these things are now connecting for me. Cool. And many of them are raising people of color, whether it's through adoption or they got together with and loved somebody of color and made a black baby or a brown baby. Cool. I'm glad your eyes are opening. I'm glad that you are being able to get new perspective. Wonderful. But what I want to know is what is changing? Because I want to be clear, this is for us. This is for the Aquilas and the Janidas and the Julios and the Daquans. (laughs) This is me talking to us and also to the white folks who are raising black and brown folks. I'm talking to y'all too, because I get messages saying, I'm a white woman or I'm a white man. My child is black or my child is brown. And I don't want to raise a child that's disconnected from their blackness or their brownness. Wonderful. So listening to this space with myself and people like me who are willing to do this work out loud, wonderful. But what are you doing about it? And then also for my own brothers and sisters who are listening to it and cheering me on, sharing so much on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, I appreciate that. What are you doing with it locally? I've made beautiful connections with people from the Philippines and Vietnam and all parts of Africa and places like Brazil. And I really appreciate all of that because 
dialogue is a powerful and maybe even a necessary catalyst for change and movement. So as you listen, and as you might feel moved or motivated by what you hear from the folks who make time to share with us on this podcast, I want you to be asking yourself this question. How then, as I'm listening, how then am I participating in my own oppression and in the oppression of children? And what can I do toward a different experience? How am I participating in my own oppression and in the oppression of children? And what can I do toward a different experience? Who can I be talking to that I can look in the eye? Or who can I get on a Skype chat with that I can drive or fly out there and connect and do something locally? These are the sort of things that I want to be talking about because I want to know that it's inspiring, not just conversation, but connection. And I know that one can obviously lead to the other, but I want you to, to challenge yourselves to do more things where you can walk to a place and hold hands with somebody and look somebody's child in the eye. One of the reasons I'm really excited about being here in Johannesburg is that I have connected with some folks face to face. We do intend to do some work here locally. There's a, um, an unschooling type school that opened here recently that we'll be volunteering at. I want to talk to more parents who are on the fence <laughs> about self-directed education and um, some of the anxiety that we have around raising free people, you know, because it's very tricky. It's one thing to say, yeah, my liberation is important, but it's another thing to step outside of the fear and say, yes, but also the liberation of my child and my participation in that liberation is important. So it means that I'm going to have to check my own shit. It means that I'm going to have to look at the ways that I'm talking to my child. It means that I'm going to look at the ways that I view education and my child's participation in their own education, or even the way that they dress or how they want to wear their hair or who they talk to or how they identify. These are the sort of things that we need to be talking about to each other and also locally in communities with other people who might not be there yet. Because the work, it's one thing to be talking to each other. For those of us who are already immersed in self-directed education, that's wonderful. I think it's important, particularly for black and brown folks, because it's hard for us to find each other in this self-directed education space. But we also have a level of responsibility to step out of that and, and look out for and reach out for and respond to when they reach out to us. Not the folks who are like, this is crazy. I don't get it. I'm not talking to you. If, if you listen and you're like, nah, this is not for me. I can't believe she's saying this. Okay. Thank you. Next. Who I'm talking to are the ones that are looking for support in further understanding this because you do have an intuitive nudge. As Scott said in the past episode, we were talking a lot about intuition. Scott Speed and I. Also, Leslie Bray and I talked a lot about like self-care and mothering the self and recognizing your own intuitive knowings and these sort of things. For those of you who may not be immersed in self-directed education, but you are definitely wondering and, and feeling a lot and just hearing and connected to the idea of intuition as a guide and making sure that you are nurturing that in the children around you. And for those of you who are connected to the idea of liberation in practice, not just in theory, not just reading about it or writing about it, but in practice. So whether you're an unschooler or not, maybe your child is in private school or a regular ass public school, but you still have 
some sort of knowledge or nudging around liberatory living, you're who I'm talking to as well. And I want you to be able to recognize, as I'm going to continue to say, the ways that oppression has a hold on you. I'm hoping that this podcast is doing that for folks too, whether you're in SDE or not, you're realizing shit. I'm saying that I want to be free and I'm talking to my babies about freedom and I'm doing these things in the name of liberation. But then I turn around and say, oh, you know, you had a problem. Your teacher had a problem with you. So what's your problem? Why is the teacher speaking to me? Little things like that, that you can check that and be like, hmm, have an actual conversation that is centering finding out the truth and not just fixing the issue. Because a lot of times when our children are in school, and I could say this because my girls were in public school for some time, we want to make things nice and neat. You know, we want to keep things aligned. We want to make sure that the teacher likes our kid and that they're standing out in a positive way, which can sometimes blind us from actually listening to our child. Simple things like that is liberation in practice. How can I dive into the truth? How can I listen more to my child? How can I facilitate who and how they are? I was having a conversation recently here with a woman who is just getting into self-directed education, unschooling in particular, with her three children. And she has all of these concerns about discipline um, and all of these concerns about whether they'll be prepared for the real world and potentially college. Totally understandable. But if you make it about defending your perspective, as opposed to being willing to be curious and willing to do the research and willing to have the conversations, then nothing will change. You'll replace one master for another, and then you'll be so stressed out and worried about whether they can get into the right school that this whole idea of liberation that you're saying you center is not going to be centered at all. So as these podcasts continue, I'm going to continue to talk about liberatory practices wherever you are. And I do believe, as you probably already know, if this isn't your first time listening to me, I do very much believe that self-directed education can be a powerful, powerful agent towards liberatory living because it starts out being about being more present with where your child is and what they need and how you can nurture an environment to cultivate who and how they are. It starts out like that. <laughs> but then as you dive further into it, then you start realizing that this shit is connected to everything. It's connected to where you buy your food. It's connected to your politics. It's connected to the types of conversations that you're having with your children. It's connected to bodily autonomy. You know, the things that you allow and the things that you make room for when it comes to how your children want to show up. It shows up in gender roles and, you know, assigning these ideas of not just how they identify in their own gender, but the things that, you know, if you have a son or a daughter, do you tend to have your daughter do more of the cleaning and cooking than you do your son? All of those things show up in unschooling because as you start to learn more about who and how your child is, you are forced, and I think any unschooling parent would agree with me on this or um, an unschooling facilitator of some type. You start to face your own shit. You realize how much we drank the damn Kool-Aid. I've been saying so many times that the wokest motherfuckers, you know, the ones who are like, you know, I understand why this is important and I want to get it, which is where I see myself. Somebody who's really just learning and understanding what it means to live free and to make room for other people to do that as well. 
So us woke or woke in training motherfuckers, we are the same ones who don't apply these liberatory practices to our children. We afford those practices to ourselves, but then we turn around and the same respectability politics, all of the same issues that we recognize inherently in the system that we all unfortunately are part of, we for some reason have a very hard time seeing that inside of our role as parents, which brings me right back to this raising free people work. So if we are going to be free, then we need to make sure that this liberation, that this freedom is also something that we are applying to the way that we parent and the relationships that we have with young people in our community that may not be our babies. There's a lot of childism or adultism, whichever term you you identify with. There's a lot of that going on. Even when people talk about millennials, you know, I'm almost 40 years old, so I'm way outside of that group. But you have people in, in my age group and older who talk a lot about the problem with millennials these days. Check that shit. Think about where that's coming from and think about whether that separatism is actually beneficial to building from a liberatory space. Think about the fact that you think you know what another generation should or shouldn't be doing and why they're right or wrong and whether that is beneficial. Is that something that's about freedom or not? And maybe you think about it and you say, yes, it is. I don't know. But I do want you to at least be thinking about that sort of thing. Pay attention to whether you're putting yourself in, a, in this position of being better than just because something else is different than you or thinks differently than you. These are some of the ways that we put liberation in practice. And these are some of the ways that we can start to make room to raise free people, to facilitate this social consciousness that isn't about me being right and you being wrong or you getting to see where I'm coming from, but all of us living in a space that feels liberatory for us and specifically for people of color, having more language and practice around what freedom looks like among each other. Because this separatism that we are engaged in is by design. <laughs> you know, this idea where I was talking to this dude here about, um, he's from Zimbabwe. Where did I write this? Oh, because I was sharing on Facebook that the girls are now, um, apprenticing at this bakery right up the road from us with these four brothers from Zimbabwe who moved here to, um, Johannesburg and opened this bakery up the road from us. And the oldest brother, Sam, was talking about the tribal separation, you know, places in, in Zimbabwe where it's like, if you don't, if your people aren't from this particular tribe, then you can't fuck with people from this other tribe. And, you know, he was just saying how disappointing it is that that's continuing to happen. And I was sharing the sentiment that a very similar thing happens in the US where it's like, oh, well, you know, the light skin versus dark skin bullshit or the, the ones who are in public school versus private school or the SDE versus non SDE, these sort of things. Listen, we cannot, we also talked about this in the last episode with Scott, like this oneness, this, this idea, Chris and I talked about that at the beginning, back up from what you think, you know, good back up from what you think you're so sure about and put that through the lens of liberation. Does this help us get free? Does this help me raise free people? And the other question that I posed before, how am I participating in my own oppression Maybe by continuing to buy into and perpetuate these ideas of separation, how am I participating in my own oppression and in the oppression of children? And then what can I do towards a different experience? And as you go down the path of 
doing this work of raising free people and liberating yourself, continue to hold yourself accountable as you grow, because these conversations will help you to grow and will help you to be like, oh shit, maybe, maybe that doesn't make sense anymore. Maybe that was a vice. Maybe that was a coping mechanism and not necessarily a liberatory practice. And again, maybe, maybe you'll come right back to where you were before, but at the very least, it'll be from a more mindful place. And when you practice mindfulness, it can't help but spread out into other aspects of how you live and how you communicate and hopefully how you build community, affecting people, children in particular, locally. That's how I do that. And then also through my own children and by volunteering wherever we are and by connecting people through this podcast and through the Slack channel that we have where we're solving things together. And then also more recently through Raising Free People Workshop, where we're going to get together for nine full weeks starting in April and really dive into, I have these four premises that we will use to build the tools that each person in the workshop will need to put liberatory work into practice by mothering the children around them and then also by mothering ourselves. You don't have to be a woman or identify as a woman to mother, by the way. Mothering is a skill that can be applied regardless of who or how you identify. All right. So encourage you to check out the show notes page, akilasrichards.com forward slash RFP, which is raising free people. And you'll see the link to the workshop. I might put some essays that are connected to this type of dialogue as well. And then I have one more webinar that's happening this month, another free webinar. That one's going to be focused on um, my folks like in the UK and here in Africa, because the other one was like two o'clock in the morning for most people who are, you know, over here, whether in Africa or Europe. So, um, yeah, that's what's good. Thanks for listening. Peace and love. Thanks for listening to Farah the Free Child podcast. Like the show? Then show your love or give your feedback at akilasrichards.com. 